to overcome, succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty, defeat of an opponent to prevail, overpower or overwhelm of an emotion, adversity, a difficult or unpleasant situation, used in a sentence, resilience in the face of adversity. I want to break free. Hello, and welcome to Overcoming Adversity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Amanda Marino, and I am here with my co-host, the awesome Blake Cohen, the eyebrow man. Episode number 21. Wait, we I are... thought I was bringing us in episode 21. I mean, I thought you did a good job of getting it started just now. <laughs> I, I was so excited to say it's episode number 21, and we've got a good one. I'm very excited about episode 21. You did, We really never talked about episode 19. What happened to it? We lost it. We don't talk about it. It's like Voldemort with Harry Potter. We don't talk about episode 19. It just doesn't exist. Okay. All right. So here we are with episode 21. We're so excited to be here in the studio with Serge, who has been so amazing with helping us, even though we're such pains in the neck. Yes. Thank you, Serge, with SoundPath and Transformations. We appreciate you, brother. Good stuff. So we do have a good show. We have uh, Amanda and I have had a busy month coming yeah. up until this to this show, and we're excited for our guest today, and we're going to introduce him here in a minute. But, uh, Amanda, I just want to catch up with you. Is there anything going on in your life that you want to talk about? What's going on? Just been present, you know? I just feel like I've been a little more present. I haven't been running around. I mean, I've been running around to town, but I haven't been running around hopping on a lot of planes in the past few weeks, and that's been nice. So I feel grounded. Enough about you. I <laughs> just wanted to make an announcement that I got into master's, a master, a graduate program. Oh, so I'm yeah? starting my master's in leadership at Nova Southeastern University. I so love it. That's an exciting update for me. Yeah, congratulations. Making progress. Congrats on being present, but I am going back to school. <laughs> so you see that it really was him asking <laughs> yeah. about me so he could talk about himself. But that's cool. I'm cool with it. Well, here's the reason why. Oh, wait, did I... Uh... We may have to just edit it because I think we just lost him. Hey, you guys dropped off. <laughs> I know. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, we lost you. Oh, good. <laughs> I felt very alone. Oh, we're sorry. Well, there's an adversity you could talk about on the show. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna just edit that part out and then we'll we'll jump right back in. Um, what were we talking about? Me? Probably. We're talking about you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We're talking about the master's program. Yeah, so anyway, that's something I'm excited about, that making progress, you know, and for once, I feel like maybe I won a week from Amanda and I's competition that we're always in, that she doesn't think she's in, but we are in, that I think I won a week by getting accepted to grad school. Well, so makes far, me almost want to do it. Just makes me want to do it, even I'm though I'm not surprised. going to. I'm surprised you haven't enrolled in a doctorate program or something. <laughs> Skip the master's. Yeah, why don't you become a lawyer, a doctor? Yeah. Uh, what is my life? Well, anyway, uh, let's get to our guest. We, it's a very exciting guest because he's got a lot of topics to talk about here today. And uh, not only is he a crusher on LinkedIn and really uh, does some amazing work on there, but does so much amazing work off of LinkedIn and off of the socials and has a really interesting past and has been through a lot and can really take us down some paths that we haven't been down yet. So Amanda, would you like to do the honors? Yes, yes. Thank you, Tim, so much for being here today. Um, you know, you and I have kind of just fallen into each other's paths, and I, I think that's because we're both open to to being on the journey, and we're both pa passionate about helping others and breaking the stigma 
And, you know, recently you gave me even a shout out, a shout out on your podcast about, um, you know, what the, what someone in recovery truly looks like and, um, and breaking that stigma and what you do for mental, you know, mental health awareness and mental people with mental illness with your uh, nonprofit. I just so admire, and I'm really honored to have you on here today. So welcome, Tim. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. It's an exciting opportunity to share my truth. Excellent. So, you know, where you live in, in Los Angeles now, right? Currently living in Los Angeles, uh, originally from London, England, uh, as you can tell probably <laughs> from the accent. Uh, and then I've no. spent the last uh, four years living in San Francisco. I moved down to LA in uh, 2019. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, you know, what, 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 when you think about overcoming adversity, like what's the first thing that comes to your heart? that I'm still alive today uh, is a miracle. Um, yeah, it, it, I have a completely different uh, understanding of the world and its people and my values and what's important to me uh, today. And um, if I go back, you know, three, four years ago and I, I look at what was important to me, it was all about career success. Uh, having all the material things, uh, the title, the promotions, the money, um, and and now that that that's not what is uh, top of priority or top of mind for me. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for some of those things; they're very nice, and there's an opportunity for me to have that uh, as well as so much more. And so, overcoming adversity to me is really recognizing the crap that uh, I've gone through. Um, some of which was created by me, some of which happened to me, and uh, and then still coming through on the other side and still getting to uh, be a human being in the world and be present for myself and be present for other people. Wow. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and I think it's a common theme with everybody that we interview, uh, but how strong the people become who have gone through some great adversities and how it's almost like that we're all wearing a secret pair of prescription glasses that nobody else can have unless you go through, go through some serious adversities. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you found that pair and you're wearing it and you're starting to realize that the material parts of life, you have realized the material parts of life aren't what give you fulfillment, that they're, they're fleeting, but it's the spirituality and the appreciation for life is what gives us fulfillment. Tim, what it what yeah. you we mentioned what does not you know fulfill you anymore? Can you touch on what exactly does? Like what have you? What exactly does fulfill you today? Yeah, I mean, if, if I look back and uh, you know really look at some of the things that uh, were fulfilling me then, um, some of them still there. Like work is still extremely important to me. Um, I I never really felt like I connected or, or fit in in the world. Um, it was now, you know, I, I have connection, I have fulfillment in my life. I'm, I'm in the middle of the pack and, and I have relationships with other people. Um, so fulfillment for me comes from you know, people calling me every day, me calling them every day, um, being available for other people, um, getting out of my head and being able to share my experience and, and not be ashamed of it. And, you know, I re relate to the analogy that you shared there. Another one that I've heard is, um, it's like learning a new language. And there are, there are many people in the world that, that speak the language that we're speaking here. And I think it's also important to recognize whilst we 
do this work of um, breaking down stigmas and discrimination. I try to have some compassion with the people that don't know this language yet and, and they haven't learned it. And you know, you don't go to school and, and have all the answers from day one. It, it can take a period of time to learn some of the answers and it's a, it's a continual thing. Um, and so I, like you know, I think we all just do our little bit to, uh, to, to share and, and people continue to learn and then they can make a decision if they want to um, be part of and empathize and support uh, or if they don't want to. And they're the people I connect with the most, you know, people that really want to be vulnerable and, uh, and connect on a, on a true human level yeah. uh, rather than, you know, just, just surface level stuff. Well, I, and I want to get to everything you're doing and what, what has become your passion with Uncrushed and really hear about what you guys are doing with that. But I, I want to start a little bit further back. And, you know, you, we've implied that there has been some adversity. And, and you mentioned uh, before we got on the phone here with you that you've gone through some addiction and you've, you've had a history of trauma. Can you bring us back to what it was like? Let's say, I mean, how long do you have sober? Yeah, I, you know, I separate out being sober and being in recovery. Sure. Um, so how long are you in recovery? You know, for me, recovery is really looking at, um, I, I, I work multiple forms of recovery. So I've got sobriety from substances, from alcohol, um, uh, you know, looking at some challenges I've had around love, around relationships, uh, around food. Um, so for me, my overall uh, journey of recovery started three years ago, and then it's really building on these, uh, you know, layers and layers and layers, um, all with the goal of uh, truly connecting with myself and, uh, and being able to sit with my emotions. And you know, this is some, something I didn't realize at first. Like I, I thought that my problem was uh, cocaine, and in order to stop that, I would need to stop drinking alcohol. But I could still lead into food and um, you know, overeating, undereating, um, sugar, uh, nicotine, sex, love, all these things. And uh, social media is another one. And um, that, that's what recovery is for me, is, is, is slowly removing these things to do a reset. Uh, and then you know, certain aspects there, like with food and relationships and social media, like there's an opportunity um, uh, for, for a healthy relationship with it. Um, whereas when it comes to alcohol, drugs, you know, that's, uh, that's a purely abstinent program for me. Um, I also know other people in recovery, uh, who define their recovery site different to me, you know, so I've got people that are friends who have managed to stay sober from cocaine, but still continue to drink. And, um, you know, that, that doesn't work for me. Um, I haven't tried it, but I'm, I'm gonna guess that it, it won't work for me. I tried sure it. I tried it, Tim. I tried yeah. it for both of us for, for ten years. It right. doesn't work for me either. <laughs> no, I like how you look at, at at recovery. You know, I I think that it's it's often not looked at that deeply, and I think that it you know it does look different for everyone. But I like encompassing the whole you know and there's different areas that have to be worked on and sometimes different areas will be where you're you know it's manifesting um the disease you know of the mind and the, the addiction so i like that you encompass all of it because it's so easy to switch to food or sex or gambling or shopping or social media or you know so many things that you that we've covered you know um it could be anything what's so relatable about you what's going on with you too is that you are like many of us, you're a master escape artist, that you're looking for that next way to escape the way that you're feeling. 
so it sounds like you've done a lot of work in recent years to really force yourself to sit down and feel your feelings and work through them in a healthy way and find healthy relationships with things that you can't get out of your life, like food or sex or uh, social media. Even sometimes we can't escape. So you're finding healthy relationships there, cutting certain things out of your life as well, but learning to find balance and not escape and be that master escape artist as you were before. Yeah, and it, it's, uh, I, I'm a big advocate that everyone has their own journey of recovery, and, and these are just my choices that I've made. And for many, um, you know, simply uh, being sober from alcohol and drugs, like that's enough for them, and that, that gives them the freedom that they want. And I also know for me, like just being sober and not working a program of recovery, um, uh, it, it, that doesn't work for me either. I'd just be insane and yeah. uh, would lean into my defects and not how, know how to interact in life. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a strong believer that these things, they worked for me for a period of time. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier on, like if we go back a little bit, uh, various things in childhood, but I would say my big catalyst was uh, the sudden loss of my dad in, in 2013. Mm. Um, and that, that, that's when I, I started using uh, cocaine. And I, I, for me, alcoholism addiction is not in my genetics, and um, I, I don't think it's necessarily relevant to always understand it. Um, I, I definitely spent way too much time trying to intellectualize and understand the why, um, uh, instead of focusing on the how and the way out, uh, or, or the way to a different path. And for a short period of time, it, it worked for me. Like I was able to ignore my feelings, uh, really threw myself into work, uh, and it worked uh, until it didn't. And so, again, just recognizing that the, these things have, have probably saved my life in some respects, um, but they came, came a turning point uh, where, they, where they didn't work, and I needed or I had the opportunity to find something different, um, which would uh, allow me to be free. And I also recognize, like, to some, it, it may sound, because uh, it did to me at least uh, earlier on, like, a little bit scary like oh my god you're just removing everything you know that that doesn't sound like a like a happy life like if i talk about food um you know having three meals a day weighed and measured no sugar no flour um that sounds really restrictive uh and 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 that's certainly one perspective and it is restrictive but it's also giving me so much freedom um mm. and it, it's not just about the physical weight um but just the energy to get through the day and one question i really think about a lot is uh, what is healthy? How do you define healthy? I mean, it's so much more than than a, a number on a scale or, or my waist. Um, you know, the healthiest version of me is when I'm working on myself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. As you talk about it, it almost makes it the whole process sound easy that you, you know, you're looking at all these things, you were able to overcome this, but we forget and almost everything that you're talking about, there's such a long journey hard, hard, long journey where it's every single day that you're putting in little bits of effort, little bits of work to slowly grow. And especially when it comes to overeating or working on your weight. I mean, that's such a slow process to watch the weight fall off and really manage that. And a lot of people give up during that process. So it's, I always have a lot of respect for people who've overcome as much as you have overcome. You really run the gamut of things that you've struggled with. Yeah, and I like, Tim, that, you know, how brave you are um, being a male and, and speaking about having food issues. I don't feel like that's out there enough. Um, you know, I, I try to talk about 
any of my struggles with like, you know, what I've had with sugar addiction or, you know, anything around food. I try to talk about that because I feel like there's a lot of shame around it. And I think especially for men, I think there's a lot of shame attached to it. And I, I really um, I think it's really courageous to talk about, you know, like you said, the whole healthy being healthy, not just about the number on the scale, just what it, what is healthy to you, the mind, the body, the spirit. You know, I really I really think that's courageous. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I've been to a, a number of different treatment programs for uh, for substance abuse and, and co-occurring. And so if you're not familiar with those terms, essentially looking at uh, co-occurring mental health challenges, um, even though substance abuse is a mental health challenge, in my opinion. Uh, and I quickly recognized in my first treatment program, there was a lot of really good food there. Um, and I was like, I'm going to put on a ton of weight whilst I'm here. And I, I have noticed that, you know, relapse is, is a big part of my journey uh, in recovery. And uh, each time I've uh, got sober, I put on a ton of weight. And um, and any time I entered into those programs, like I had the idea of what someone with an eating disorder uh, is or was, kind of similar to, to um, <clears throat> the picture you put out, Amanda, of you know, what's your perception of, of an addict or an alcoholic. And I, I had this perception that... Uh, an addict alcoholic was um, someone on the street begging for money for drugs, um, homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where, whereas I was a successful business person on stage, on camera, looking great. Um, and I had this problem as well. And, and so for me, understanding that someone with an eating disorder could be anyone. It could be someone that's uh, obesely overweight. It could be someone that's severely underweight. Um, that there's such a whole spectrum there. It could be someone that from the outside looks completely normal. Um, but it's really understanding that, again, this this is, there are physical um, aspects to it, but it, it's another example of a mental health challenge. Um, you know, my, my, um, my sister struggled a lot uh, with anorexia. And I, I didn't understand it whatsoever. And now recognizing that when I look in the mirror, I have a completely different perception of myself than... Uh, what someone else does, and, that, and that's body dysmorphia. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm grateful to be open, and I have seen other men come through uh, through these different uh, programs as well. Um, this is why like, one one big thing that I'm still really sensitive to is I never I never give any anyone unsolicited feedback on their physical appearance. Um, you know, it, it's been interesting. Like as I've, I've lost a lot of weight uh, over the last four months. And people are like, oh, you look great. You lost a lot of weight. That actually triggers me. Uh, really? That that brings up a lot for me because I then think, well, what about before? And hmm, I get you know, that. It, it's the same as I think male, female. Like I don't, I don't think males, well, either sex, should be able to uh, genders should be able to make uh, unsolicited comments because you you just don't know what it could bring up for that individual. And um, so I think I think we all had the opportunity to be extremely aware of what we're saying to people. Um, cause we don't know how it could be perceived or interpreted. Well, and so our kids, you know, I'm very mindful what I say to my children, you know, like trying to give compliments that are not external related. Like, you know, you're so beautiful. You're so, you know, like I try to talk about specific things like, you know, you're such a great artist. You're so, you know, so I, I try to be mindful with that, even with my children. And it, it, it is, um, pretty crazy because when I've been the most fit, in my in my life is when my mind has been the most crazy when it comes to food. So it's usually it does nothing to do with for me weight. <laughs> you know, like it has right. nothing to do it's really an internal thing, you know, it's nothing to do with the external. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's all just trying to fill a void ultimately. And I, I, we can look at addiction differently than a behavioral health problem or a mental illness. But I, it's funny that you had to even say that it's in your opinion. It's funny that you have to even say that <laughs> because it should be just common practice and to, to call addiction a mental illness and all lump it in in the same. But really, this is whether it's with food, drugs, drinking, work, which is something that you and I talked about a little bit before, whatever it is, it's all trying to deal with our past and our insecurities and the things that we don't like about us or that have happened to us when we were younger. Our traumas, are all they play a major role in what we're trying to cover up with these substances. Um, and I, I think... It's important to recognize, you know, as much as we were complimenting you on what you were doing, that it is actually very possible. As hard as it is, it is very possible, and often it takes baby steps to get there. Yeah. And a lot of people can accomplish the same goals that we've all accomplished in here. We all have had our own adversities, but we accomplish them just in tiny little baby steps, one, one day, day at a time. time. Yeah, one day at a time. Like you mentioned, Tim, it's ongoing. Maybe if, if you don't mind, I would love to hear a little bit more about what's life like today and what you're doing. I, I want to hear about Uncrushed, actually. I'm excited to learn a little bit more about what you're doing, what's the goal, what's the mission. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, I got to the point uh, December 2018 um, where I wanted to uh, waive my anonymity. Um, I, I was in a, a good place in my recovery, and I wanted to share it. Um, you know, this, uh, this concept of being of service to other people and, and constantly thinking of other people. And, um, and I, I try and do that uh, all the time, you know, with particularly at, at my work right now. Uh, it, it's been great uh, just sharing my truth and, and just having other people come forward and, and asking me questions. Because um, I really remember that point in July 20, June 2017, uh, when everything was just falling down and I just did not know where to go. Um, you know, the, the company has great benefits and an employee assistance program and I'm extremely grateful for that. But there was still such, in my own head, there was such a stigma with me being able to go, I need help or I've got a problem. Um, and, and so that that's really where the formation of Uncrushed came from. Um, myself and a few other uh, the co-founders, we, we connected together and, and we all had similar experiences um, across mental health and we wanted to create a place where um, people can come forward and share their personal experiences of mental health, whether it's, uh, whether it's substance abuse, whether it's eating disorders, uh, sexual abuse, domestic violence, um, the whole spectrum. And, and this is really this concept of if, if I read this and see someone else that has a similar experience to me, maybe then I'll recognize that I'm not alone and I'll, I'll use some of these benefits uh, that are available to me, whether they're through your employer or, or some of them that are available worldwide. And Mental Health America has, has some great research on this about uh, one in five people uh, each year in America are, are experiencing a challenge with mental health. Um, but 60% of those individuals are, are not uh, receiving the treatment that they need. So that's really where Uncrushed is focused, is, is that 60%. How can we, one, share personal experiences um, and other pieces of content, uh, just as we're doing now on, on this podcast and, and with the other episodes as well. Uh, and then the second big part is how do we then train uh, organizational leaders, people managers on, on how they can support their, uh, their team members uh, so we go into organizations, corporations, universities. One of the great ones we did was at the University of Dallas uh, in Texas last year. 
And just to be able to uh, be there with a couple of hundred students, uh, predominantly in the early 20s and, and just sharing some of our experiences, they may not have experienced some of these things yet, but maybe they will. And they'll be able to think back to uh, when we talked about this. And so that's, uh, that's where Uncrush fits in. And it's a massive part of my own recovery. Um, I, I will say that again, I have to constantly practice my own boundaries and time management um, because it's extremely easy for me to, to burn out. Um, That's what I was going to ask you. I uh, wanted to know. too much time at work or too much time and I'm crushed. Um, my recovery always has to come first, uh, no matter what. That's, I, I was wondering about how you bounce, like, you know, you talked about how um, things were so, you know, out of, like, you didn't have a boundary, you didn't have a, a cutoff. Like, how do you have the balance now with all of those pieces, you know? How do you, yeah, like, what so do you do differently now that you did before? Yeah, I think. Also, the additional challenge is uh, my, my job is in San Francisco, and I, I work remote, remotely from Los Angeles. So um, it's extremely important, uh, having having taken a lot of time off on disability as part of my recovery. Uh, how do I ensure that um, that, I'm, that I'm turning up and, and have a clean conscience, and I'm doing the best that I am, uh, or the best that I can do? And so, you know, for me, like doing those hours, that's the non-negotiable, that's what I'm paid for, and I practice honesty, and, and you know, and I, I don't steal, and so therefore I turn up for work and I do the best that I can within those hours. Um, outside of those hours, it's, uh, that's then when I start to split up the time of what am I doing for my recovery, um, what, am I, what am I doing for um, the, the nonprofit, I'm crushed, um, how am I of service for other people, um, they're, they're really in different areas that I look at. Wow. I, I definitely want to connect with you off the air here because I, I think there's a lot of parallels with what I'm trying to do and what you're doing with Uncrushed, and I'd love to see how we can all collaborate. The three of us can collaborate. Um, if there's anything you need over here on the East Coast, we can be your people over here. I think there's a lot of, of beauty in what you're doing, and, and your message is really, really strong. So I, I love the idea of what you're doing, and I'm already doing a lot of that within the corporate environment of – trying to break that stigma, normalize addiction and mental illness in the workplace, get the conversation started, and then let them know that they have resources available to them. So I think it's a very important yeah, topic, it, what you're doing. It, it take, thank you. It, it takes an army. You know, one of the things that we're, we're so big on uh, it is that we advocate for anyone else that is doing this because uh, we can't do it alone. Uh, you know, so we're not trying to just be the only one that's out there. Um, I'm so supportive of anyone that's having this conversation, and uh, who knows where Uncrush will be in a, in a few years' time, or where uh, where this podcast will be in a few years' time. But I know that in this very moment, we we can save a life today, and and that's that's really what makes a difference. Yeah. Tim, how can people get involved in Uncrush? Like, if someone hears this podcast and is like, you know, wants to kind of make, what could they do to support? Yeah, um, so there are a number of different ways. I would uh, encourage everyone to just go to the website, which is uncrush.org. Um, they can also, on there, there's um, an opportunity for people to share their experience. Um, so for that, you can just go to uncrush.org for slash submissions, and there's a, a ton of details there. Um, I will say it's not for everyone, and we, we certainly do a lot of vetting. Um, because once you put your story out there on the internet, like it's live, everyone can see it. You can't really take it back down. Um, and so we want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're in a solid place and, and you do understand. And something I've been thinking about a lot recently is, is, uh, this whole concept of 
we, we talk about this a lot, breaking down stigmas. Uh, but I read this great article, which is actually saying, let, let's stop saying that and let's talk about it. Let's stop discrimination. Yeah, um, and it, it, it does open this up to a whole other level. Like this is discrimination when, when uh, one view is that it is discrimination um, when you start using certain terminology and stigmatizing. Um, so we do a lot, a lot of work there and, you know, we, I referenced some of the events there. So you can go to uncross.org for such events uh, if you're interested in making changes in your organization. Um, or, or just connect with us on, on social media. Um, there are many different options there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tim. It's awesome talking to you and getting to know you. And I hope we can work together in the future and, and continue to grow this relationship. So we appreciate you being a guest on our show. Yeah, Tim, you're awesome. I'm so glad that you've come onto onto my path and my journey. Same to you guys. Thank you. You're awesome. So keep crushing it with Uncrushed. And we appreciate you. And there is one last thing before you go that we have to do that we like to spring on all of our guests last minute. And it's our, it's our little segment called Let It Out. And what Let It Out is the three of us are all going to say one thing that, well, to, to give you a little preamble with it, Everybody has overcome some major adversities in their lives, but everybody's also struggling with little daily adversities in their life, whether it's traffic that's bothering you uh, and issues you have at home, just something you have to let it out because a problem shared is a problem cut in half. So what is your let it out today, Tim? Uh, people that go in the grocery line for 15 items or less with more than 15 items. Oh, that's <laughs> such a good one. You're so funny. I love that. Seriously, I get it. I hate it too. <laughs> You know, the, the funny thing is, though, is I've, I've, I've said this a few times, and then I caught myself, like I've got, let's say, 20 items, and I start to go to the aisle, and I'm like, oh, no, the rules apply to me as well. Like, that's the insanity that I'll judge other people, um, but, but won't adhere to the same standards. I so get that. <laughs> the rules apply to you, not me. Mm -hmm. Amanda, what's your let it right. out? Um, I let it out. Um, my let it out is a little personal. Um, I have kind of like struggled with some consistency with a lot of areas in my life the past few weeks, although I feel grounded in like my home setting. So I want to kind of put it out there, let it out, like to get out of my own way. Um, and I'm very capable. I've proven myself to myself many, many times. So sometimes I can put up a block and I'm, I'm doing that to myself right now. So my let it out is Amanda, get the hell out of your own way. Okay. Huh. What is my let it out? Um, my let it out is I feel like there's a lot of great things going on in my life and I feel like I some days are great and I'm very happy with where I'm at and then there's some days where I feel like I'm not sure what direction I'm going in. And today is sort of one of those days where I just I I don't know what direction I'm heading in and, and where I'm going and where the future is taking me. And i one of the people who want it now, and I want to know now. So I, it's really, I guess, my let it out is a lesson in patience, and I need to, uh, to be more patient. Okay, good. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Um, and thank you so much, Tim, with Uncrushed. Um, Blake, how can, how can guests find you? How can people find you if they want to come, like, follow you on any social media or anything like that? How can they do so? The best way to do it is just go to my website, BlakeEvanCohen.com. Uh, or you can go on Instagram at BlakeEvanC. Similar to Tim, I also don't have a Facebook anymore. Or I oh. do, but it's just not really active. I got a business page, but I don't really do too much with it. And uh, on LinkedIn at Blake Evan Cohen. 
Awesome. And I am, can be found on um, Instagram, Amanda Empowers. And uh, my website is amandaempower.com without the S. And then I'm on YouTube, Amanda Marino, and Facebook, Amanda Marino Interventions and Coaching. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you again, Serge, for the recording and the support. We're really grateful um, for this space and this professional um, quality. Studio. Yeah, studio. Yeah. And if you want to find our page for Overcoming Adversity, it's Overcoming Adversity Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram. And if you you want to be a guest, you want to nominate someone, how do you do so, Blake? You want to send us an email at overcomingadversitypodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Send us an email with a short story or find us on Facebook. Find either uh, Facebook on our Overcoming Adversity podcast. Find Amanda on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Send us a message. Tell us a little bit about your story and we will get you scheduled. So your thank story you guys. needs to be heard. We want to hear it. Episode number 21 in the books. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>